The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. The sermon lesson this morning is found in a lesson from Isaiah chapter 63 and Isaiah chapter 64. And I invite you to follow along as we, as we read that now. Lord, you are our Father. Our Redeemer from of old is your name. Why then, Lord, do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so we do not revere you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes that are your inheritance. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down, and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who acts on behalf of those who wait for him, You come to help, to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continue to sin against them, you are angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind our sins carry us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Spirit, the world trembles before you and is in despair. We despair even of ourselves. Comfort us today because you our Father God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Rend is, is one of those words that, that you only get out for very special occasions. You know, I, I think of it like, like your mother's china, you know, that, that the, the china that's been passed down for, for generation after generation. You only get it out for very special occasions like Christmas or Thanksgiving. Rend is like that. 
You only get it out for special occasions. Like, like you, don't, you don't ask and tell somebody, could you please rend the cheese for me? Or, or could you rend that piece of paper for me? Rend is a word that is cosmic. Rend is a word that is deeply personal. Rend is a word that is deeply emotional. You remember that story where, where Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery in the Bible? And they came back and they lied to their dad. They said, Dad, dear father Jacob, look, here is Joseph's torn and bloody robe. Clearly he's been killed by a wild animal. And you know what Jacob did? He fell on the floor and became a sobbing mess and he rent the Bible says, his clothes. You only get out the word rent when you really want something to be rent. See? And I want you to hear that when, when Isaiah, he's, he's getting down on his knees and he says, God, aren't you grieving too? God, God, don't you want to take the heavens and, and like, like that shirt that Jake was wearing, just, just rend it in two because you're so broken at what is happening here? God, by the way, don't you see your people are scattered over the face of the earth? Your city, Jerusalem, your dear city is in ruins? And God, your holy temple the Holy of Holies is an absolute shambles. God, don't you see? Rend the heavens, Isaiah says. And then he gets very poetic about it. He says, God, I, I, I don't want you to just you know, do it in a cosmic way. I want you to come down and I want you to burn. See, that's what he says. He says, I want you to burn like a forest fire when, when it, it encounters a twig. God, burn. And God, I want you to be like a cauldron. See, I want you to, I want you to boil the nations like a cauldron boils water. God, run the heavens and come and burn and boil, God, and dispose of our enemies. That's what Isaiah is asking, that God would rend. Historically, if you look back at these words, the people of God have only dared to put this prayer on their lips when rending needed to be done. A man, actually the guy who wrote our sermon hymn called O Savior, Rend the Heavens Wide, his name was actually Friedrich Spee. And it's very interesting to note that when he wrote that hymn, you know what was happening in Europe at the time? Plague. Isn't that interesting? The bubonic plague was sweeping across Europe. The Thirty Years' War was raging. And women, older women, were being put on trial for witch trials. See? And Joseph Spee saw all of that, and there was only one prayer that he could write, and he sang it to God. He said, Oh, Savior, rend the heavens wide. 
few hundred years later, the Jewish people pray this prayer. Do you know when? When they were being herded onto cattle cars and being forced into gas chambers, they said, God, rend the heavens and come down. Rend them like a garment. You think we should pray this prayer right now? Like, would you get down on your knees like Isaiah and say, God, rend the heavens. When I think about that, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought, wow, I can't wait to preach on this verse because we need this prayer right now. Plague is raging across our country. But more than that, I think about the people that I sat with and prayed with through this year. People who lost loved ones to this pandemic. I remember standing at the hospital bed of some of you this year. And it became even more poignant, you know, on Thanksgiving Day. You already know what happened when around 9 o'clock at night, a couple of people stood in the streets and chucked bricks through our window? You know, if there is no time to pray this prayer, it ought to be today, right? God, don't you see what's happening? Would you just come down and, and would you become a cauldron for our enemies? And would you become a forest fire to the twigs that are out there and just deal with all the people that are making this world so broken? Just run the heavens, God. Isaiah prays that prayer with, with a full heart, but then as he continues to pray, I don't know if you noticed it, but he kind of comes up short. He, he kind of starts to ponder should I have really asked for all of God to come to this place and this time? It makes me, it makes me, it reminds me of one of my favorite uh, uh, fables. Have you ever heard of Aesop's fables? It's Aesop's fable, really old. And one of Aesop's fables, it's a really short one, I'm going to tell it to you now. It's called The Old Man and, and Death. And there's this, there's this old guy, he's just, he's miserable, right? He's He's just absolutely miserable. He's miserable with his wife. You know, they're always fighting with each other. They have a terrible marriage. His children are totally disobedient, you know. So he goes home and he fights with the wife and his children don't listen to him. And then during the day, this is what he does. He's picking up sticks all day. And then he, he takes them to the town and he sells them. That's what he does every day. He fights with his wife, fights with his children, and then picks up sticks. And one day he's walking along on the road, picking up sticks, and he actually says this. It's like a little prayer, a little wish. He says, Death, I wish you were here right now. Because I'm sick and tired of this. And you know what happens in the fable? Death shows up. <laughs> here I am. And Death says to the old man, Well, how can I help you? And the old man says, You would, you would think you'd say, Well, can you just take my life right now? And that's not what he does. But he says to the old man, can you help me pick up these sticks? See? And the moral of the story, because all these fables have a moral, 
The moral of the story is be careful what you wish for. Have you heard that phrase? Be careful what you wish for. In Isaiah, we might turn that on Isaiah and say, be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you pray for. You want God to run the heavens? Okay. You want all of God to come to this place in this time? Okay. Be careful what you pray for. Isaiah started to think about that. He, he started to think about that like, should I have actually prayed that prayer? I'm not sure because if holy God comes to destroy all the wicked people, well, that seems like a good thing at first thought because then all of our enemies are going to get way, uh, boiled you know, and burnt up. But then Isaiah thought, but we're wicked too. Maybe this isn't such a good idea. And, and Isaiah actually does two things as we look at this prayer progress. He, the first thing he does is he gets really universal. Like, incredibly universal in nature. Did you see what he says? Look at verses 6 and 7. All of us, he says. Nobody's left out here. No, nobody can say, that's not me, God. All of us, he says. He says, all our righteous acts. He says, we're all shriveled up. And then he says, nobody calls on your name. So this is like nobody's left out of what he's going to say next. So that's the first thing that he does. He gets super universal in nature. And then what he does after that is he gets very poetic. And if you're easily offended right now, I want you to close your ears. Just don't listen to what I'm going to say next. If you're easily offended because you're going to get mad at me. And you're going to get mad at Isaiah. Because what he says here is not only poetic, but shocking. He says, God, I'm not sure I really want you to come down. Maybe, maybe don't answer that original prayer. Because, God, we're all unclean. In other words... You remember the stories in the Gospels where there would be these unclean people, the lepers. Remember them? The, these were the original socially distanced people, if you think about it. The, these are the guys that, that God said, they're sick, so send them out to be all on their own. They have boils and stuff like that. You don't want to be around them, so send them far, far away. These are the unclean people. And then Isaiah says, you know what, we're all lepers of our sin. And he says, not only are we unclean, see, he says, all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. And this is where he gets really shocking. What he's saying is that everything that we do before God is like a used tampon. It's, it's like a used Kotex or Playtex. I asked my wife, you know, what are the popular brands. And nobody likes to talk about this, do we? But I said, this is, this is how disgusting our righteous acts are before God. He, he, he says, you know what that makes us? It makes us like leaves, but not just leaves in springtime, like leaves in November. It's like leaves that are dead and or dying and they're falling off the tree and just the blast of God's hot breath will just, will just blow them away. God, maybe it isn't a good idea that you come down. Because if, if what Isaiah says is true, and it is true, then 
then God's going to have to come and deal with us. There's a story about C.K. Chesterton. He was sitting and, and reading the Times. It's a London newspaper, I guess. And it was lamenting the way the world was at the time. You know, like the people living in the shanty towns and how humanity was burning down forests and stuff like that and slavery and everything else. You know, the world hasn't changed that much in a hundred or so years. And the article ended with this question. What's wrong with the world? You know the story? And there, there's so many different ways that, that people can answer that question, but usually the way people answer the question is they'll say, what's wrong with the world is everybody else. It's the Republicans that are making the world broken, or the, the Democrats are making the world, the liberals or the conservatives or whatever. And we pin the blame somewhere else. It's what we always do. It's always somebody else's problem, and if they were just educated enough, well, then the world would be different, see. But you know what C.K. Chesterton did? He wrote back to the Times and he said this. Dear Sir, regarding your article, What's Wrong with the World? I am. Yours truly, C.K. Chesterton. What's wrong with the world? I can only say it for myself. I am. We have got to stop blaming everybody else for the problems that the world has. We have, stopped, we have got to stop being the victims in our own narrative. And we have got to become responsible for the hurt and the pain that we cause on others. Do we really want God to come down? Do we really want all of God to come down to this time and this moment. You see, Isaiah's wondering it, but he, you know, the audacity of Isaiah, because he doesn't stop praying there, does he? He's so, he's so bold in his prayer life. He says, he's, you know, you're thinking maybe the prayer should just end right there, like, but he doesn't. He keeps on praying and he says, God, you're a father. There's a little bit of a, an accusation in that. Do you notice that? Like he's saying, you know, I take full responsibility, God, for what I've done, but at the end of the day, God, you're our father and you're the potter. It's a little bit of an accusation. But do you see what Isaiah is doing? He's giving God all of the responsibility. He's saying, we understand that there's enemies of the world. We understand that the, the world is broken. We, we have fallen into despair that we can do anything about it ourselves because we are so self-centered and so sinful. God, you have to do something about it. And God, you're a father, God. You're the one who put us into relationship with you and made a covenant with us. You're the one who made promises, God. And that's where the prayer ends, right there. 
As you think about Advent, um, how did God answer this prayer? Just think about it. How did God answer Isaiah's prayer? Did he run the heavens? Yes, he did. Didn't he? He saw our pain and our misery. He saw our need for redemption. And God tore open the heavens. And he came down. But not like Isaiah thought he would. He didn't come down and and burn the straw away with his holy wrath. He came and laid in a bed of straw as a baby boy. God's God's promise to the world that his plan, his plan included having his own son go to the cross to win full and free redemption for all of us sinners. So that his righteousness would become our righteousness. So that God would look at us and see only Christ. Yes, God rent the heavens and we needed Him to, but not how we thought He would. And through Christ, He brought peace to the world and He made us His holy people. You see, our Father God kept the covenant. He kept the promise. I think today we can pray like this on Advent. God, thank you. Thank you for rending the heavens in Jesus Christ and coming near to us in gentleness and full redemption. And God, we only ask one more thing. Rend the heavens once more. You are the potter, and by the Spirit, we are God's workmen.